our trending chats this evening minibus taxi economics yep the minibus taxi in industry transport millions of south africans on a daily whether you use the taxi or you don't use the taxi the industry affects you some way or the other and um over the past few months uh, it's been under a lot of scrutiny but we're not going to focus on that on live at night this evening we're taking a look at the industry from a money flows point of view the financial implications it has had on the taxi owners uh, in terms of uh, what the pandemic has done globally and uh, of course wanting to know if there are in fact young adult owners and joining us on the line is tabi so tabi so thank you so much for joining us this evening Good evening and uh, uh, good evening to your listeners. Thank you for the opportunity. First thing first, Tabi, so money talks. Let's talk about the money flows of the industry. From buying the taxi, transporting passengers, expenses, and making a profit. Let's talk about that process. Uh, please paint a real picture of what it's like. Okay, um, normally the process uh, uh, comes in two ways. The first is uh, new players, and uh, the second process is your existing players. So uh, on your new players, uh, which is uh, has lately become a problem, you would find these are your people who've had uh, retirement packages, and uh, they decided to find a business uh, in which they can be able to sustain their lives. And the taxi industry uh, for them would become the easiest there. But then you always find that they tend to grapple. You know, you buy your vehicle cash, then you've got to register with an association uh, as a member, and then you've got to be granted permission to operate a particular route. And uh, obviously some of them have made their maths as to if I'm in this route, having invested so much in this uh, uh, business, uh, over a period of time, I must be able to have my return on investment. So um, every route has got its own uh, different um, affairs and its own operational costs. Uh, and then now you have got your own, uh, also your existing players who are your current taxi operators who would increase uh, their fleet. So this increase uh, is determined by also a number of things. Uh, one of them is the quota. In, every association works with what is called a quota system. So in a quota system, what it means is that every member in the association is given a number of vehicles he or she is allowed to buy. So, and then uh, when that opportunity arises, uh, you know, um, uh, you then, uh, over time, as your business operates, save money to buy a new vehicle. And then, uh, you know, that would go either some of them buy cash, some of them buy with a deposit, uh, and um, then they would pay it over a period of about uh, five years uh, between them and the bank. So <clears throat> normally the bulk of the money that they give, uh, that they use to repay the bank, is the money that you will have otherwise regenerated from, uh, you know, operating the route on a day-to-day -day basis. But what is also mm -hmm. important to note that a taxi is, a, you may see it as some form of informal, disorganized type of operation, but when you look at these principles of operation, it is the same as what you do at work, what you do in your company, what these big companies are doing. You know, you've got your operational expenses, you've got uh, your income and so on and so on. So, <clears throat> and this is where really sometimes the uh, commuting public and the public in general tend to misunderstand, thinking that 
for instance, when petrol goes down, uh, sixty cents must go down, and the petrol goes up, you know. Uh, but then uh, there are a number of um, operational costs that an operator incurs, and again, that would depend on the association in which he or she belongs. But uh, the standard would be uh, the, the ranking fees. The ranking fees are fees that uh, you pay to the association for the association to be responsible for its own administrative costs, pay people, your patrol drivers, your queue marshals, uh, as well as the admin clerk in the office, and so on, take care of the meetings of the uh, uh, leadership of the association, and so on. Then uh, you've got mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, the the salary that you must pay the driver, uh, and again, that it depends on the agreement between the driver and the and the owner. Some owners agree with the driver on a monthly salary. Some agree on a 60-40. Some agree on uh, you, uh, you 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 give me money Monday to Friday, Saturday and Sunday, whatever you make, it's yours. So uh, those differ, uh, and this is a mutual agreement between the parties. And then you've got. Um, what you must pay for the vehicle, which is your monthly installment, which is nothing less than 12,000 rands. Uh, and then you have also your insurance, which would be anything between uh, 1,003 and 1,009. Uh, and then you've got, uh, depending on the kilometers uh, uh, done by the vehicle, uh, your, 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 your usual maintenance that you've got to pay for, and plus your spares that you must replace, and so on. So these are just... Um, uh, some of the operational costs uh, that uh, the taxi incurs, but I must hasten to say in in conclusion that uh, taxis in the in the whole transport sector space, uh, and putting buses and trains together, uh, is the only mode of transport in the country that has never charged what is known as a market-related fee, uh, and this is why through a model that we have developed, uh, we have also realized that the taxi industry or taxi operators charge uh, 45 to 55% less than what is market-related uh, required. Um, all right, I'm not going to get into the market-related requirement prices because obviously that will become a different conversation altogether. Sure. Let's talk about the viability of uh, this space from an entrepreneur's point of view because you mentioned you have existing taxi op- uh, owners and you've got new incoming taxi owners and i've got two questions right so there's a limitation in terms of how many taxis one owner can have but how easy is it for new owners to come into the space and how viable is it from an entrepreneurial point of view is owning a taxi or a few taxis look uh, um, initially uh, and it's unfortunate that government has not really been consistent um across the country. In, in other provinces, uh, that law is still upheld. In Gauteng in particular, it is not, I must indicate. Mm. Uh, and about uh, 15 years ago, there was a, a moratorium uh, on issuing of permits uh, that the government and the taxi industry got into. And the reason for that moratorium was for the industry jointly with government to be able to manage people who enter and clean up those who are in the system so that you know how many operating licenses you have, how many taxis you have, how many structures of the taxi industry that you have. And obviously that would uh, you know, transform into what government plans are and, 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 and policy decisions are. 
but that has not really happened consistently across the country. So, uh, and this is why you find that sometimes you want to get into a particular association as a new entrant, and they say there's no space. And then you go to government, and then government issue was a permit, and then it, it becomes just chaotic. Uh, you operate by force, they stop you, and there's this whole back and forth that normally that sometimes would happen. But then uh, government has since then realized that uh, some of these things really they've got to concede to because part of the requirements to get that operating license, you need a consent from the a consent letter from the association within which you want to operate or you've got interest to operate in. Uh, and unless you write that letter, uh, any operating license that have been issued with that letter, without that letter, uh, is required. Is, is deemed an illegal process. So uh, there is the challenge, uh, 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 largely. But for those associations that are open for business, it is not a problem. The only thing is that associations also they've got ways in which they operate. For instance, others uh, they would leave the decision to uh, to, uh, to to accept new applicants. To the executive committee, others would leave the decision to the general membership. In other words, the executive committee would give you a provisional acceptance, and then uh, that would be have to be endorsed in a general meeting so that uh, people know who are new members and uh, the people that uh, are now joining the the business. So uh, those are the challenges that. It had almost so Well. Uh, normally, it is, it is, it is, it is, it's the fifty. It's not a, even a fifty-fifty. It's, a, it's, a, it's an eighty-twenty uh, type of uh, situation. Uh, it's very unlikely that uh, 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 the general membership may may reject, because the grounds for them to reject your application are, are very straightforward and are constitutional. It, there must not be space. In other words, everybody, everybody must have exhausted. Uh, for those that operate with a quota system, everybody must have exhausted this or a, 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 quota, a quota. Or uh, it may just be an issue of there's no need for uh, extra. Or the decision has been taken in a general meeting that for these coming years we will not uh, you know, accept uh, new entrants. So those, those are clear. So most of the time, new entrants who are voted for by, by membership, in fact, they, those are better uh, 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 participants because uh, there are a lot of hassles that at least you can able, be able to overcome because it was a generally accepted uh, uh, application. So, uh, so, 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 so th- that is that is just the challenge. But in terms of um, its viability, the industry uh, has been a viable business, but the the influx of uh, new entrants have also. Um, you know, contributed towards, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, diminishing, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, the total re- the revenue uh, of the industry, uh, as you put it, per operator and so on. Um, and, and that uh, influx uh, is largely created by a lot of flaws, you know, on the side of uh, both the industry and government as well. Um, uh, you would remember a a a a a, a, a simple case uh, is when uh, the Mall of Africa was built. Uh, you've got two taxis uh, from Alexander that operate, but uh, for two years the industry was saying to government, as soon as this mall is built, uh, if we do not have a process that determines between the two who's entitled to operate there, we are going to have conflict. But government did not hit the call until that time. Indeed, that conflict ensued. So you, you've got those problems, but 
But what we are trying to do now is to try to, again, uh, uh, encourage government to enforce the moratorium until such time uh, that uh, we know the total number of operating permits, uh, we know the total number of taxis, and those entrants, uh, whether new or uh, existing, uh, are, are given then an opportunity and you are able to um, um, uh, you know, uh, close again because uh, you've got uh, in municipalities what is known as integrated transport plans. Uh, so the purpose of that is to ensure that the spatial planning is, is done in consideration to the number of taxis in those particular metropolitan, uh, so that uh, you uh, uh, demand and supply totally uh, from time to time. Oh, man. It seems like um, from, a, from a regulation point of view and bringing in government and, and the organizations that represent uh, taxi owners, um, uh, you are not you are not meeting on the same page, but that's a, another to- topic conversation for another day. Let's sure. based on what you have said, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be cold and frank with it. Based sure. on what you have said, as a young adult, if I had two million rand, I don't think I would be willing to invest it in being a taxi owner. By how you have painted this grim picture of uh, the red tape and bureaucracy behind it, you know what I mean. But I want to talk and move on to what the future of the minibus taxi industry looks like. What does it look like uh, to you? Uh, it has got, ironically, the industry has got quite an inspiring uh, and bright future. Uh, uh, unfortunately, yes, uh, um, it is largely dependent on uh, whether uh, or not the industry and government are able to meet and see things the same way. Uh, and I'm confident that will happen. Uh, National Transport Minister is now facilitating a process through which he wants to achieve exactly that. Uh, and by the way of things, uh, the way things look, uh, and that process is going, it looks like at some point between this year and two years to come, uh, that will be achieved. And once that has been achieved, yes, indeed, the industry's uh, future will be inspiring. And maybe to talk a little bit about the young uh, entrepreneurs, Remember, these operators have got children, and most of these operators, their children are qualified accountants, engineers, and so on and so on. But uh, they they lack interest in the business and have moved into you know your formal corporate uh, society where they are able to establish themselves. But the attitude that we have adopted is that we want to inculcate a culture of. Uh, the family business being transferable from the parent to the child and so on and so on, so that these children, as they grow up, go to tertiary, they must know that they've got an obligation to come and invest in the family business before they go. So, yes, we do want them to see more young uh, entrepreneurs taking active participation in the industry. As a matter of fact, uh, in our in our province, uh, in Mpumalanga, uh, they have already set up what is known as a as a youth uh, 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 taxi industry desk, which is now beginning to face in uh, with uh, the, your traditional structure to as part and parcel of uh, you know uh, putting them into uh, the business and, and orientating them so that they are at, at, at some point be able to take over the leadership and, and grow the business further. Tabiso, thank you so much um, for for sharing the insights that you shared this evening because i did not know 
uh, most of the things that you just mentioned. And uh, this conversation was, especially during this time, to inspire people to see in ways where they can make money, you know, especially serving uh, the people. Now, um, you also touched on the price increases in terms of uh, what the commuter's perception has been throughout the years. And thank you so much for clearing that. Um, uh, but yeah, man, um, I appreciate your time, Tabiso. Um, yeah, this was truly informative. No, anytime, anytime. Thank you. Mare, I, I don't want to lie to you. <laughs> no, you must come. <laughs> On a very serious note, you must uh, just make time and check. There are opportunities. All right. Uh, that is uh, Tabiso Mulelekwa, spokesperson of Santago, giving us, uh, uh, if you'd like, a piece of the pie in terms of how the taxi industry operates. Because after all, it does transport a lot, in fact, millions of South Africans on a daily and we are all affected by it.